because there's women around. You don't talk about sex when women are around. Well, I come, we're the only company marching every Friday night, 12 miles full pack in the pitch dark. Why do you think Private Random? Lieutenant Sobel hates us, sir. Lieutenant Sobel does not hate Easy Company, Private Random. Just hate you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Style Guide with your hosts, Dave Morris and Stephen Orr. How you doing today, Dave? I'm doing good, man. It feels nice like, like we know, we're back. We're back, yeah. The the boys are back in town. Yeah, we're kind of back. Like, we did, we did an episode and now we're back. Yeah, guess, guess who's back? Back again. Backstreet's back. Tell, tell a friend. <laughs> oh, great way to start this episode. I think I think it's fitting. It's uh, it really gets us into the right mood for the episode that we're doing. Yeah, because you can't say war is back because war has never really gone anywhere. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is what is war good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it took you it took you half a second longer than it should have to get there. Well, because my first thought was the economy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're two old men sitting here yelling at the clouds. That's what well, war is good for the economy. Yeah, we should around. So, yeah, we're talking about we're talking about war movies. War movies, you know, things like Platoon or Saving Private Ryan or Apocalypse Now or uh Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yeah, the recently released Dunkirk. Yeah, which I haven't seen because it, I don't see movies in theaters anymore. Well, and because you hate Christopher Nolan, like let's. Be and sure. I'm not a Christopher Nolan fan. Yeah, I only like one of his movies so far. Yeah, I think I think not like is too too subtle. You hate Christopher Nolan. You no, wish you no, would no. stop making movies. <laughs> no, 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 no. I only like one of his movies. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're we're discussing <laughs> war movies today. What is actually a pretty broad genre, but I think we're gonna look at it a little bit more narrowly than. Uh, than is possible yeah we should narrow it down just to like like just in people's minds right away before they start thinking oh war movies oh that man that includes braveheart uh because it does but but it's not really what we're, what we're focusing on we're focusing on uh, i guess i guess the best way to say it would be like modern warfare movies okay like movies where people wear camouflage clothes and have machine guns <laughs> not Movies where they have swords and shields and fight in battles. Yeah, we're not talking about 300. Yeah, yeah, which I guess would be a war movie. I mean, it's about a war. Yeah, a little one. <laughs> I think that's really a judgment call, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked like a lot in the movie, but compared to World War II, it weren't really that many people involved. <laughs> yeah, but there were fewer people in the world at that time, so... Mm, so so percentage-wise, it, yeah. it was huge, yeah. So yeah, things like, uh, say, Atonement or Gone with the Wind are also not movies that we're talking about uh, today. Yeah, but something like uh, Fury. Yep. yep. Or uh, I guess we could even talk about Three Kings. Oh man, yes, we could talk about Three Kings. That would fall into the category of what we're talking about, uh, which are, yeah, so, so modern day warfare movies. So I guess that's any war post-World War II. Yeah, because there really aren't a lot of World War One movies. Uh, I'm sure there are, but they're all like old black and white movies with people with scarves and goggles flying in planes. 
Like, I mean, because was, wasn't Star Wars kind of inspired a lot by all those old World War One movies? That you know what that that seems right. Yeah, there's like fighter pilots and stuff. Yeah. Well, and I like I guess that's things like All Quiet on the Western Front, which was a movie and a World War One movie, and I think The African Queen. And the Bridges of Madison County. No, wait, no, not that one. The bridge over River Kwai. Uh, is that World War One? No, I don't think that's World War One. I. I don't know, but the bridges of Madison County is definitely not World War One. So, <laughs> well, I actually might have been in the same era. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's specifically what we're talking about because we're talking towards Paper Street Theater's next show. Yeah, war, improv as hell. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, and also just another quick quick disclaimer is I'm not very good with the history of warfare. So I may reference the wrong war many times in this podcast, and I apologize to all you war people. <laughs> to all you war people. <laughs> so, people who like war. People like war. Nobody likes war, Dave. Cause it's, some people love war. Well, there are some people... You're right. You're right. There are people who love war. And by love it, I mean like they, are, uh, they, they don't love the idea of going out and killing a whole bunch of people. But the idea of like uh, knowing all the names of all the different planes and guns that were used in different wars, and all the names of like, like it's a you know a platoon is part of a company is part of a this, and they're like really into the the war world. Yeah, which I'm not. No, my dad actually was very into flight sims and the. I, I mean, I guess he still kind of is into some of that stuff, but like really into World War II flight simulator stuff. You know how I can tell he's into it? How's that? Because you, his son, refer to it as flight sims, which is like a slang term <laughs> for simulator, <laughs> which just shows that he must be so into it that you're kind of into it. No, I'm just cool, Dave. I know what all the kids are talking about. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so, okay, we've narrowed down war movies uh, to the modern warfare movies. Although I could talk about Braveheart for a while if you want, but let's not. Uh, and let's jump into what I think is. Uh, I just want to talk about Platoon. Okay. Yeah, Platoon. Because I think Platoon is important for lots of reasons as a war film. One, it won a bunch of Oscars. Mm-hmm. Two, it has a very young Charlie Sheen and a very young Willem Dafoe and a very young Johnny Depp and very young uh, what's his name. Um, Johnny Depp, the uh, guy with scars on his face. Um, Ber- Tom Bergeron, Tom Berenger, whoever it is. Yeah, uh, a lot of very young actors that we all know nowadays uh, as old people, but they were cute and adorable. Uh, but it, but it also happens to be Oliver Stone's uh, breakout film. But the thing that I think makes that movie great is that it and and uh, notable and reason to talk about right away is that it was the first war movie that kind of turned war movies into something sad and bad as opposed to something glorious and heroic yeah i mean i would go so far as to say calling it a war movie might be a misnomer it's it's an anti-war movie yeah perfect yeah yeah exactly it was the first war film about war that was actually anti-war because before that, it was like John Wayne going into war and like, you know, let's get him, Pilgrim, or whatever John Wayne said in all his old war movies. Think you can make it, Pilgrim? And then they would fly in airplanes and win, and everyone would cheer. Like they were like these heroic, heroic, uh, almost propaganda type movies. 
Yeah. Uh, whereas Platoon was was a to show like a real real life. This is how terrible and horrible war is and what it does to people, and not just to people, but to the soldiers themselves. Like it it's shifted the focus from the war to the soldier. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good way to put it. It it makes the soldiers uh, out to be very human, in in a way that uh, I think a lot of war movies prior hadn't. And and since and since, but but uh, since we've gotten a little better at it, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think we'll when we start talking about something like Saving Private Ryan or something, we'll get to uh, some of the kind of key differences. But Oliver Stone is very clearly writing. And and uh, Oliver Stone actually served in Vietnam, so yeah, and and I think that the honesty uh, that there there is something honest about his portrayal that comes across in there that I think is that comes out of his own experiences, his own lived feelings, and and just kind of the minutia of of being in World War, or sorry, uh, being in Vietnam. Yeah, like the the bugs, the bugs. Like spending so much time on just having ants in your shirt and having people like have to pour water down it and stuff because it was like they were eating you alive. And it was like, that was what war was like. It, Vietnam, that's what Vietnam was like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the kind of fascinating thing for me to, to compare something like Vietnam to the, the, the fronts of World War II to something like Iraq, where the environment is a character in in Vietnam. It's a character in the Iraq War films. Mm-hmm. It's less of a character in World War II movies, because like it's Europe is kind yeah, of just, and it's yeah big fields that you can fight on. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and even though World War II had had battlefronts in Africa and that sort of stuff, you and and uh, Japan, you you get a very strong sense of character out of something like a Vietnam War movie because of how important the environment is for, I guess, explaining the psychological state of the characters as much as anything else, right? Mm, yeah, totally. Like it's so foreign to to the to the soldiers they they don't have an experience like the the jungle to compare to and so living in the jungle is is it's uh, is is part of the plot yeah how do we do this how do we survive here yeah yeah and it also is uh, the other thing that i think platoon did that was different is they did a war movie about a war that we that, that was not good that was lost you know like and they don't show any of the victory you know like it doesn't feel like a victorious movie no no it certainly doesn't Mm -hmm. whereas saving private ryan like you know they save him yeah yeah (laughs) and so they saved private ryan the the they completed the mission whereas in in platoon it's like man did they really complete the mission and you compare like uh, other other war movies similar like Hacksaw Ridge or I mean and spoiler alert Dunkirk has a happy ending because uh, Christopher Nolan. Well, it, it's not his fault. The events had a happy ending. So no, it's... it's his fault. He changed it. <laughs> but it, it's it's really common to have that. the The idea is we're going to conclude the movie happily, and it that. That's a perfect example of a film that in no way concludes happily. 
uh, with Platoon. No. Mm-hmm. It, it, the characters are all, like, those who are left are pretty broken. Yeah, and I think that's the thing of, like, why that movie was like, hey, let's, 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 Oliver Stone was like, all these war movies are, are full of, full of crap. That's not what war feels like, <laughs> you know, no one's ever excited. Well, they are, but never like, never like, yay, high fives. Y- yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the, the joy of that uh, experience. And I think Saving Private Ryan is a good comparison here. Like a, a good like counterweight to it, you mean? Like a, yeah. Because it's also a good film. Well, so here's the funny thing. I hadn't seen Saving Private Ryan uh, until watching it for this episode. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I knew what Saving Private Ryan was because uh, it's just pop culture. Yeah, yeah, it's a part of our pop culture. But I, I really, uh, I really didn't enjoy Saving Private Ryan. I mm. like it's. I, I think I know why, but I want you to keep talking. Or would you like me to guess why? You go ahead, guess. Yeah. My guess is similar to why you didn't like Nell with Jodie Foster um, because it feels like a I don't think it was a late 90s but it feels kind of like a late 90s Hollywood blockbuster film and so it's like a little too perfect that's that's a good way of putting it is that is that's my guess that's my guess for why you didn't like it I I, I think that fits into my so Saving Private Ryan feels like it's Spielberg kind of at his most sentimental. And and Spielberg is known for sentimentality. Like that's kind of his shtick. Mm-hmm. But it didn't this didn't feel like a war movie to me in in the sense that it was speaking about the the grandness of war. I've been thinking a lot about uh Schindler's List and and Co- Co- Stanley Kubrick when when he was talking about Schindler's List, he said, you think that was about the Holocaust? That was about success, wasn't it? The Holocaust is about six million people who get killed. Schindler's List was about 600 people who don't. And, and it's that, that Kubrick quote that I think about when watching something like Saving Private Ryan, because it's Saving Private Ryan isn't about the war. It's, it's about them going and saving... Private Ryan. One, yeah, one guy. Yeah, and and the way that they, he, he makes that sentimentality huge. Like, oh, we have to save him because it's what we're fighting for. And, and you know, if we, if we can't save him, you know, then we're not human or whatever it is. And it, it, it dramatically weakens, I think, the impact of what is technically an expert movie. Yeah, no, that's a very that's a that's an, that's a great way to put it. Cuz like they they do the thing at the beginning with like the she's she was supposed to receive four letters on one day the mom about yeah. her four sons who died and the fifth one is missing in action but he might still be alive. Uh and this poor woman and it's all become about this one woman who's lost her all of her children to war and they were like let's let's uh <laughs> let's um we can't we can't send a fifth letter. Let's yeah. save this guy. And then that justifies it to all of us and it becomes sentimental about this old woman whose sons are all dead 
and or not old woman, but this nice nice lady whose sons are all dead. Yeah, because like when you contrast that with that, uh, I call it the opening scene, even though it's not the opening scene. But the the landing on the beach mm-hmm. when it's like so violent and so like tragic and like people picking up their arms and trying to put it back on and like like how horrifying war is and they give you that which is uh i'm gonna say amazing yeah uh because during that scene nobody is like yay war yeah and they really hit you with that uh but then yeah it all of a sudden and then and then it becomes this really sentimental road movie as they go to save one guy and Vin Diesel dies. Oh, Vin Diesel. Yeah. Well, and I say this as somebody who loved the the miniseries Band of Brothers, which is oozing with sentimentality. Mm-hmm. But the, the distinction, I think, is really clear between a movie like Saving Private Ryan and a movie like Platoon, which Platoon doesn't pull any punches with regards to trying to speak to war in a broad way. It focuses on really like 10 characters total, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that. And the way it focuses on these characters manages to speak to the grand Vietnam War in a way that I think Saving Private Ryan, despite, again, focusing on about 10 characters or so, fails to speak to the grandness of World War II in the same way. Yeah, because you can imagine those characters in Platoon, every soldier in Vietnam is basically those characters. Yeah. And all of the things that they're doing is basically what everyone else is doing. This kind of like pointless, like we're not going to win kind of war. And you get the feeling of the war. Whereas, yeah, World War II, it's like they take the beach and it's incredibly violent, but they succeed. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's just a series of successes. Yeah. And and people die along the way and it's sad and it's tragic, but it, it never it never returns to the same scope that it started in Mm -hmm. and that's why i think comparing it to kubrick's perhaps disingenuous quote about schindler's list is is i think helpful for thinking through saving private ryan no i think it's a a super valid point because i think yeah saving private ryan is about saving one guy it's not about his four brothers who died yeah because if the story if, if 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 you imagine saving private ryan as in like losing private ryan's and instead of following the story of saving this one guy, we follow the story of how the other four all died. <laughs> that would be a much more like, hey, look at how many people died in World War II. Yeah. Right. To save us, to keep us, to, to you know, stop the Nazis. Uh, instead of, look, we saved this guy. <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise me if Saving Private Ryan is actually based on a true story. Like it. It has that kind of sort of feel to it, being loosely based on some sort of true story. But even if it like, is... Like Braveheart. Yeah, like Braveheart or 300. <laughs> <laughs> but even if it is based on a true story, it doesn't... It, it's It still kind of falls victim to its own sentimentality. And it makes me think of Mel Gibson's Hacksaw Ridge, which very similarly to Saving Private Ryan, which I think it came out last year was universally lauded as this great biographical war movie about this conscientious objector who becomes a medic in in not in a platoon in whatever in a uh, in a unit and he never fires a gun but on 
on Hacksaw Ridge, he ends up saving the lives of something like 75 men. Wow. And it's, yeah, it's this really, it's a, it's a story that is, it's true in that the, the character existed and it happened and he was the first conscientious objector to be awarded the Medal of Honor for, for what he did there. And yet it's not a war movie in that it speaks to the grandness of war. It speaks to the heroics uh, or the greatness of this one character. Mm -hmm. And it becomes so sentimental to that that we lose we lose the scope of like the Battle of Okinawa was such a small component of a much broader and more terrible war. Yeah. And and yet Hacksaw Ridge is, you know, a World War Two movie. And so oh, interesting. I, I haven't I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. But it, yeah, so I see what you're saying. It it speaks to World War Two. Even though it doesn't tell you a big story of World War Two. Or, or well, no. Sorry, I'm saying that like it by focusing on the the greatness and the heroics of this one character, it misses. Uh, it misses in the same way that Saving Private Ryan does. Oh, Hacksaw Ridge is a miss. Yeah. As yeah. far as speaking to World War Two. Yeah. But do you think? But do you find? And then I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge, so I just got to ask you this: Do you find that Hacksaw Ridge uh, gives a a true enough depiction of what war is like? I think in in the same way that Saving Private Ryan does in life. Uh, so it only it only shows you it only shows you the successes. Well, yeah, and I think Saving Private Ryan does a good job of kind of showing some of the minutia around the characters. And I can't remember the character's name, but the little kind of scholarly guy in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Uh, who's who sees it at the beginning as kind of a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And, and and how by the end of the movie he's just kind of horrified and huddled on the steps by himself kind of just he's terrified mm-hmm. I, I i think that that kind of honest little moment saving private ryan has a bunch of those little moments in it but platoon that that those moments are the film whereas saving private ryan that's color same thing as hacksaw ridge it's color to the actual story that Spielberg or Gibson are telling. Yeah, yeah, no, that it's it's a it's a, it's about a story of characters with the backdrop of war, as opposed to a story of war with these characters. That's a that's a perfect way of putting it. Exactly the way the way that I I think of it. Yeah, kind of like the sound of music. Kind of like the sound of music. Yeah, it's too. a story of these characters with the backdrop of war, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Nazis invade at some point into Austria. But uh, but they are telling the story of this singing and dancing family. <laughs> exactly. That's that's a perfect. And Saving Private Ryan is the singing and dancing family <laughs> with the backdrop of World War II. Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but I, I, I guess that that kind of shows the spectrum that you could have. On the one side, we have Platoon. And on the other side, you have uh, The Sound of Music. Yeah. Uh, and then, so there is one other kind of war movie, I guess, that's like almost, uh, I don't know, would you call it comedy? Star Wars? No, like, I mean, well, Tropic Thunder is like a, a makes fun of war movies. But I'm thinking more, what's that Brad Pitt one that just came out on Netflix? Uh, war Machine. War Machine, which is, which, uh, I don't know, did you watch it? I did, yeah. So it's kind of like, it's it's like um, 
I, I, I like it. And because it had Brad Pitt in it, especially, it just made me think that this is like the money ball of war movies. Yeah. Where it's like uh, money ball is like a baseball movie where we don't watch any baseball and we don't follow players. And war machine is like a war movie where we don't actually follow any real soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> and we just follow the like paper pushers. And I mean, that's still that is a war movie. And I, it falls under our modern warfare guidelines that we've given ourselves for this episode. But it's a very different kind of war movie. But I think that as as far as war movies go, despite the fact that, yeah, War Machine and Tropic Thunder, they're both comedies. But I think that they try in some ways to be closer to Platoon than they do Saving Private Ryan. Because it's about people. Yeah, it's... Like, War Machine seems like it's trying to tell an honest enough story about these soldiers who are paper pushers. Mm -hmm. And and how they kind of dehumanize themselves in uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. And how the, like the, they've started thinking of, of troops are just numbers. They just need more numbers. Yeah, and I, I think that there is there is an honesty to that portrayal that has less to do with the plot. Like War Machine doesn't have a plot to it really. Like, mm -hmm. like the plot it's of the movie of is politics. he's going to yeah solve Iraq or sorry solve Afghanistan. Yeah, and of course he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think you bringing up Tropic Thunder is an interesting point. Because Tropic Thunder is 100% a comedy. Like, there's there's no mm -hmm. doubt in yeah. my mind uh, about it. But it, it really takes the, the genre of a Vietnam War movie and tries to play it straight in some ways. Like, it has the same kinds of characters that you get in in a war movie it has the same kind of plot it it focuses on them as human beings in the same sort of way the only i guess big difference with tropic thunder is there is more of a story in it than you get from the the more character focused war films yeah it's a story of them getting captured it's it's them doing the book they get captured they have to sneak in there to free somebody yada 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 yeah, and so it the the story really drives it far more than you see in something like Platoon or Apocalypse Now, uh, or Fury even something mm -hmm. like that. So okay, so so I had I remembered what I wanted to ask you. Mm -hmm. War movies, some of them make you kind of like uh, I don't I don't know what the word is, but almost like like you become like you, you like war. Or you and you've been you're 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 almost like you wish you could be there with these characters fighting alongside them in war and becoming a hero. Mm -hmm. And other movies make you hate war, and would never would ever want to go and do that. So, like Saving Private Ryan, it starts with this like I would never want to do that. But then you're kind of like, oh man, this would be kind of fun to be with these characters. If you know what I mean, but not like fun, but like kind of a weird, like you, you're enjoying the story and almost like a 10 year old kid might pretend to be one of these characters while they play imagination because they want to be that kind of, they want to go to war and be in a, be a soldier. Uh, so like some movies make it seem like a good thing. 
or like seem like something you would fantasize about and then other movies make it seem like something you have nightmares about uh so like platoon is like nightmares mm-hmm. uh saving private ryan is kind of a little bit of both depending on what part of the movie you watch war machine is almost like you totally it'd be kind of fun to be there with those guys <laughs> so like I, I don't know i just wanted to bring up this this idea of like do, do you think it's which war movie do you like better the one that disgusts you and terrifies you from war or the one that kind of makes you think it would be fun to fight with them? Thinking about your 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 division there, I see it as there's the movies that kind of the core point is the, the brotherhood that comes around war. The ennobling experience where by the end of it, we, we are closer together with each other than we were before and and it is a companionship that is unlike anything else even even if there are horrors involved versus the films that focus on war as about losing your humanity and and the loss of the loss of who you are as a human being and so saving private ryan is more the first one it's all about how you know they come together to to do the right thing for for private ryan's mother. overcome all odds yeah, and then there's Platoon or uh, on the other side, or Apocalypse Now on the other side, uh, where it's so terrible and awful that there's nothing about it. There's nothing about it that's a fantasy. There's no part of like no one watches Platoon and goes, "Man, I sure would love to be in the the jungles of Vietnam." Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe maybe it's more like the looking through like you know rose colored glasses versus normal glasses. Um, where it's like you're look like one, some movies are looking for the positive side of war, like what are the good things that come from war? We save people, we we keep the Nazis, we kill the bad guys, we uh, we like become stronger friends than ever before, go through an inc- incredible experience together, uh, as opposed to the ones that don't show the positive side and just show the I guess negative side of war. But even Platoon has the positive sides in there. But it doesn't put the like rose-colored glasses on it of showing like, look, let's just let's just sort of forget the bad stuff. Yeah, the the heroes versus monsters kind of parts of it where there, I mean, there are terrible people in Saving Private Ryan. There's no doubt. There's terrible stuff that happens. Just like there are good people in Platoon. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what I prefer to watch is the films that. I'm calling them more honest, but I think maybe a better way of saying it would be the less sentimental versions. Mm, less sentimental, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, so in 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 that, that points to things like Fury. It points to things like Platoon because they they don't wave a patriotic flag in the same way as I think Saving Private Ryan and Dunkirk inevitably will. Um, and uh, Enemy at the Gates does for sure, and Hacksaw Ridge. These these films that ultimately are about celebrating a sentiment around war that I think is dishonest and and makes it not a war film, or it, or it fails to speak to the scope of a, of war. Yeah, and I think I I agree. But I think I disagree. Okay. In the sense that I'd actually rather watch the sentimental ones because at the end I feel like, yeah, we did it. But the ones that I think are actually more accurate and better depictions of war, more true to what war feels like, 
are the ones like Apocalypse Now, Platoon, you know, Fury, that I don't necessarily enjoy watching because it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, like when we talked about, we talked about Margaret Atwood, you know, like you read a Margaret Atwood book and you're like, oh my God, I don't ever want to read a book again in my life. But it's such a good book and it's worth reading just to have that feeling. I feel like Platoon is the movie that everyone should watch. If you think you think war is cool, watch Platoon and then and it'll wake you up to it and make you feel bad and hurt. But you won't enjoy it. I think the struggle for me is that when I feel good after watching something like Saving Private Ryan, uh, I feel sick. Like because you enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a part of there's a part of me that when when I see those sorts of things, I should I, I feel like I shouldn't feel good there uh, about the end of it because it's terrible and horrific, and there isn't a good side. And I I guess that's part of the part of the criticism from the other side. It's like, well, even if war is horrible. And and I think, like I I don't I, I war war is horrible. I th- I think that it is. There are parts of it that do lead to exactly the sorts of things that uh, I'm criticizing in something like a Spielberg film. People are brought closer together through that experience. Like there, mm-hmm. soldiers soldiers will talk about the the way that they become connected to uh, members of their company uh, in a way that is that they can't find ever again in their life. Yeah, more than than even their like their wife or their their kids. Yeah, and and so there is. I mean, I don't want to call it a positive, but there are there are things like that that come out of war, and so it. It's unfair, maybe, to wholly criticize a film because it, because it, it focuses on those things. Because that's that's also true, you know. It is as yeah. true as Platoon. Mm-hmm. It's just not pos- It's just not. Uh, it, it 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 just the positivity brushes over the negativity. Yeah, the positivity of it is is the part that I just struggle with. It's you know, mm-hmm. and 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 that's Spielberg. Spielberg is all about making heroes, uh, and 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 lots of his films do this. And and I think that Spielberg is a great storyteller, but for me, there's a gravity to World War Two. There's a gravity to Vietnam. There's a gravity to Iraq that part of me feels like we have an obligation to remember that and and remember the gross quality like war is brutal and it's death and it's senseless and any attempt to make sense of it like Spielberg does in in some really banal ways that feels it feels dishonest or it it feels inappropriate to the gravity of the situation for me Mm -hmm. and so that I guess that's why I struggle. I struggle with uh, with the more sentimental war movies. Hmm. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So, what's your uh, what's your favorite war trope? Which sounds like after what you just said, like so. What's your favorite war trope? Huh? Hmm. Waka waka. But what's your favorite? What's your favorite thing that happens in war movies? Like the the classic standard uh, standard issue must happen in every war movie. Uh, one of my favorite things, and I and it's it's in all of the war movies that I that I watched in preparation, is the kind of 
uh, it, it's it's not the barracks scene because it doesn't always take place in the barracks, but where you kind of get introduced to the characters in sort of a rapid fire way and you get introduced to them as the one dimensional character. Like this is the this is the grease ball. This is the uh, Italian character. This is the character who plays cards. This is the the Bible yeah. pumper. This is the new <laughs> yeah. guy. Like yeah. I, it's such a fun, very quick threading of all the characters. Yeah, or like a pan through all the characters, and you see just how what by what they're doing and how they're standing, what kind of character they are. Yeah, yeah. It 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 is a shorthand that other uh, other film genres don't have access to in the same way yeah the uh the whole there are classic war characters in uh-huh. every platoon and we just need to fill them yeah mm-hmm. it, it 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 works really well in the genre and so it it it's a lot and and it it's one of the things that helps you identify a war movie even if it doesn't necessarily seem like one so tropic thunder is a good example right like it its characters hit the same tropes as uh, mm-hmm. as a war movie or something like Inglorious Bastards, which does the same sort of thing. If you look at the bastard, mm-hmm. they hit those one-dimensional tropes. And through the course of the film, some of those one-dimensional characters will become f- fleshed out and more human and whatever. But the that introductory moment for all the characters, I, I love that in a war film. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. How about yourself? Mine is the uh, is the the secret backstory. Ah, uh, yeah. The uh, generally, uh, I guess, commanding officer, but maybe not necessarily commanding officer, but the the officer who oh, don't ask him about blah, or he doesn't talk about his home, or it, maybe it's not even explicitly said, but it's like, how did he get that way? That kind of thing of like, how is he the way he is? Uh, and it's always a mystery, and then you find out at some point that it's because their wife died, or they, you know, something. Their dad was a soldier, and they want to live out whatever. Whatever the reason is that they have like a reason for not talking about it. That you find out way later, at like some moment in the film, where it's like, I ever tell you why? The secret is I'm always angry. <laughs> well, and I, and that I guess points to again one of my struggles with Saving Private Ryan. What's that moment in Saving Private Ryan? It's it's Tom Hanks's character admitting that he's a school teacher. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> so true. And it works on the level of humanizing like, oh, he's just a dude, but like that that dark inner part of a character that's been kept explicitly hidden throughout the film <laughs> is that he's a teacher. <laughs> Yeah, they twi- it's a twist. It's a twist. You thought it was going to be something dark and sad, but it was actually just pretty boring and normal. Yeah. And again, Spielberg's deliberately doing that, making a point with that. But <laughs> it's just so funny to compare that. Uh, even with, like, in Platoon, like, what's... You you see uh, the main character, Charlie Sheen, like, his backstory being a rich kid who volunteered uh, instead of somebody who had no other options and that sort of stuff like there's yeah yeah his wasn't the secret backstory it was the Bar- Barringer's guy the scarface right right what, what why is he what's what's the deal with the captain or what's the deal with the sergeant don't they say that at one point i think you're right i, just, I think they do i just love that that idea that that there's like this one character is a thing they don't talk about because that like even if it never actually comes out what the thing is in the film i think just having that there 
gives us, the audience, a chance to fill in what their backstory is, and we get to kind of create this terrible, tragic backstory for the character. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I forgot Tom Hanks was a school teacher. I think I've blocked <laughs> that out of my memory because <laughs> because I like better not knowing. Because what I think of, all the ideas that I have about not knowing where he comes from, make me like that character instantly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's the same thing in Inglorious Bastards with uh, Brad Pitt's character, Aldo the Apache, right? Like, uh-huh. he's got the the scar around his neck, and you, <laughs> like, and, and why is he the way he is? And So great. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and, and so, uh, but it, it, it really plays into the war movie tropes, and... And you see that similarly in something like Fury and Hacksaw Ridge, which Vince Vaughn, by the way, is in Hacksaw Ridge, in, in case you were what? curious about Vince Vaughn in a dramatic is role. Is he the hero? No, he is the, he is the uh, drill sergeant. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He'd probably be good at that. You know, he's, he's surprisingly good. Vince Vaughn is a dramatic actor, not the worst mm. thing in the world. Yeah, he knows how to run his mouth. <laughs> yeah. That's, I guess, one of the other parts of the war movie that I love. The the drill sergeant character. Mm-hmm. Who's like a little mean. <laughs> or a lot Or a mean. lot mean, if you're talking Full Metal Jacket. Or watching um, Band of Brothers as well. Just the first episode is all about the, the drill sergeant character. Mm. And, uh, oh. I haven't watched Band of Brothers ever in my life. Yeah, I mean... Even though every one of my friends loved it and told me I should watch it, but I've never watched it. Yeah, you don't do something because the cool kids are doing it. You do it when you want to do it. Well, I mean, like back then I'd have to like rent DVDs or something. Ugh. Blah. <laughs> yeah. Is it on Netflix yet? Uh, no, nothing. HBO is on mm-hmm. Netflix. It's all on uh, Crave TV. Well, I'll wait till it's on Netflix. Well, that may never uh, happen, Dave. You may <laughs> you never the, see. You know the drill sergeant at the beginning of Full Metal Jacket. The the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket. I don't know. Did you watch Full Metal Jacket? Yeah. He's like super mean and yells at him and stuff. I am Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. And the first and last words out of your filthy sewers will be, sir. Do you maggots understand that? That guy's a real drill sergeant. Is he? Yeah, they brought him in to train the actor who was going to be the drill sergeant. And then they realized, like, no, you're just too good. You want to be in the movie? (laughs) Well, and this is another trope of the war movie genre that I I can't ever fully wrap my head around because it 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 platoon saving private Ryan uh, full metal jackets. Another good example where what they do is they take the actors and they either put them through boot camp or they put them in the jungle or they do drills on them to make them legitimately experience the have some sort of real experience of war Mm -hmm. and it's it is it is so commonly a trope in the genre now that i would be surprised if there were war movies that were made where that didn't happen yeah for sure and i i guess the the weird thing about is like that feels like it's again romanticizing uh the experience it's like oh yeah we're gonna put you through 10 days of boot camp and you're gonna you're gonna know what it's like to be a soldier now charlie sheen <laughs> uh yeah i was gonna do that with my cast i was gonna get for a paper street show get a day where uh an old friend of mine who did was in the service for a while to run us through a boot camp yeah for an for a, a rehearsal and then i was like eh, it's just a waste of time <laughs> 
Because <laughs> it's like in two hours doing a boot camp, are we really going to understand what it's like to be in war? No, we're not. <laughs> let's just let's just focus on on doing scenes like we're in wars. Yeah, like let's let's be actors instead of uh, I don't know. We don't need to be Kirk Lazarus. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is a funny little trope, though the boot camp trope. Yeah, and in Tropic Thunder, that ends up being the plot of the the episode yeah. or the film. Yeah. yeah, the the well, one of the plots of the film is that the only guy that did boot camp was the younger one, <laughs> and the rest of them didn't go to boot camp because they're big famous actors and they don't have to. Yeah, they don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> and they didn't read the book that the movie was based on. Fools, fools, fly, you fools! That, cut that line. You were <laughs> definitely cutting your reference to Lord of the Rings. Uh, other tropes from war movies that I like, I think. Uh, I mean, as 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 terrible as it sounds, I think it's when somebody dies. Uh one of the uh, not not the like main big dyings, but like the the mid story dying, mm-hmm. you know, where like a character dies and they have like a, a weepy death, and we realize like, oh man, people die in war. Like that moment, I think is a is a pretty important trope. Yeah, well, I, I it's it's instant drama, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and it 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 um it takes it from like, hey, fun action to oh my god, people die. Like, what's Charlie Sheen's buddy in, in Platoon? Yeah, whatever that guy's name was. He dies pretty pretty early. But, but uh, yeah, other other Charlie Sheen, the other new guy? Uh, yeah, I can't even remember his name. Whatever or Vince Vaughn. Not Vince Vaughn, sorry, Vin Diesel. <laughs> right? When they die, it's nice. It brings the movie some heart. Yeah, it well, and it's, it's just, at, like, if you want to add a dramatic moment to the film, just have the death. Drop the death in, and it and it does that very effectively. Yeah, and it instantly makes it dramatic. Yeah. One of the one of the things that I I was thinking about while watching these and then thinking about Paper Street's upcoming show is how few war movies have women in them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and part of that's uh, obvious in that they if you're following the story of Saving Private Ryan, there aren't a lot of opportunities for there to be female characters in the story. Mm-mm. Not not in World War Two, yeah. Yeah, and even even you know Vietnam and that sort. Of, like it's women in the military is a fairly new phenomena, which is mm-hmm. why GI Jane, you know, coming out in 1997, like that's a fairly, I don't know, it's a controversial. Yeah. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of women serving in the military was... Still new? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, we just we just are just ignoring that. We're just treating it like women are in the military. And with the war, we're not doing a specific war either. Yeah. But the, the, thing, the thing for me that's interesting uh, about it is that if you, if you think about that lens and, and how women are absent from the picture, other parts of it, like the the sexual metaphors around war end up like that's an important part of all of these war movies. Uh, you know, the, the discussion of how uh, newbies are, are, I think in platoon, they're called cherries, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and it's, there's a lot of sexual metaphors in, in here that are kind of 
necessary components of the genre by virtue of them being a completely male-dominated genre. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, too, because you have the guys always talking about sex. Yeah. Or fantasizing about sex. And when as soon as there's women in the story, it's like, well, they don't talk about it anymore. Because there's women around. You don't talk about sex when women are around. Yeah, or... And, and and I guess parts of the 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 newer, more recent war movies that, that show women in the military, that ends up being part of the plot itself, right? The how your your willingness to include women as one of the boys. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it it's it's just particularly interesting in uh, I mean, especially in a genre that's all about, you know, explicitly about brotherhood. Too, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that brings me to one of the things I wanted to talk about before we wrap up was uh, was the themes of war movies. Mm-hmm. Like, what what themes do war movies really explore, other than just war is good, war is bad, war is about brotherhood, sacrifice. Yeah, I mean, because hmm. like one of the things we've been working on is is making sure we have like the theme stated at some point early on so that we know what we're building on and uh and it's it's funny to watch people struggle with coming up with a theme for a war movie because like what how many like it feels like there's only so many before you're like oh now we're out of themes i mean i can come up with a bunch myself but in existing war movies i can't think of more than the the standard war is hard (laughs) war is good war war is about victory war is about brotherhood war is bad i mean there's one of the one of the things that I and, and this points to another part of war movies that I, I generally love is the difference between the soldiers who know what they're doing through experience and the the leadership who is there for whatever reason. Either they they went through the schooling or they happened to be the son of someone or whatever. Mm, yeah. And and the conflict between those sets of characters, between the leadership that doesn't really know what they're doing and the people on the ground like that that hierarchy yeah, and the privilege the way it, sort of structure yeah yeah and the way it breaks down i think that that's such an important theme in a lot of war mm-hmm. especially in how it relates uh, with vietnam uh and world war ii i guess was like how that relates to race as well yeah very whereas much so. like all these white privileged people would be in these like general positions and then the troops would be all these like yeah the marginalized people yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. the people on the margins for sure, and then uh, another really important uh, theme through throughout all war movies is communication breakdown, and and that happens in different ways. Some of that is communication between command and the troops on the ground. Some of that's between the uh, the characters in a company themselves, where they they butt arm butt heads, and some of that's between the the soldiers and the enemy and the soldiers and the people they're there to save communication breakdown is such an important mm-hmm. facet of, of what goes on in a war movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I think the, the theme that I am, I'm most fascinated by is the one about humanity, mm-hmm. about how do you as a soldier cope and justify what you're doing to yourself? Yeah. This idea that you are killing people. Mm-hmm. And sure, you've been told they're the enemy, but they're people. And how are you justifying and rationalizing this action to yourself? 
and how that changes these characters into cold or uh, or quiet or angry or crazy or fun or excited. Like it changes them into whatever character they need to be to get through the war. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards they can deal with the what it means. Yeah, well, and I think in Platoon, there's a there's a great moment where uh, one of the commanding officers says, you know, if if there was an unauthorized kill, you, you will be court-martialed, but I, I need you to go, go out on the battlefield right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Be- because it's that dis- distinction between what we do in war and then the consequences that come after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, worry about the consequences after. Yeah, tomorrow we'll worry about tomorrow tomorrow. And I think that that's such a that idea fits in as well to that question of humanity, right? We will do whatever it takes now or will we do whatever it takes now? You know, that that divide. Mhm. Yeah. Well, cool man. Uh any final thoughts? You know, as as far as war movies go, I'm I I I would say that I'm not a huge fan of the genre. Uh, I I think that it I think I I think there are lots of good war movies and I think there are lots that are done really well and do interesting things but when I when I watch them especially when you watch a bunch of them in rapid succession I I I find that I'm not I'm not comfortable with how I feel in watching them I'm not comfortable with the kind of celebrating with celebrating a war war movies as a genre and and so I, I don't know. I'd feel, I I I'm kind of excited to just walk away from it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. I don't really. Uh, I, I mean, I appreciate war movies as a genre, mm-hmm. but I'm not. Uh, uh, I don't really like watching them all the time. <laughs> no, because it does. It does. It like it doesn't leave me with like a good positive feeling after watching them. But what it does do, which I think is. Uh, important, especially in uh, North America, uh, especially because we're like, you know, our, our big brother, United States, is a very war-oriented country. I think the movies like Platoon and Apocalypse Now that kind of give us this this darker version of war as like a almost a wake-up to realize how horrible it is should make us appreciate and... and uh, and be thankful for the things that we have and the fact that we aren't doing that. Yeah. Right. Like that. I'm not a soldier. So when I see a soldier, I am going to thank them (laughs) because they did that Yeah. for me. And it makes me feel that way about war without, but not, but I do not enjoy watching those movies, but I'm glad I watch them so that I think that way about war. I that's I think that's probably a perfect way of putting it. It's they they are important as as a way of reminding us of our own history. They don't they they're not necessarily the kinds of things that I'm gonna watch. Like I you know I'd rather sit down and watch an entire season of Riverdale because that I'm clearly watching for entertainment as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, like I you know. Riverdale doesn't make me think about the plight of your, you know, average middle class teenager or sorry, teenager from a middle class family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, war makes me thankful. More movies make me thankful that I have never had to fight in a war. Yeah. Yeah. And not just like few thankful, but like 
thankful and grateful to the people that do that for me. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good way of thinking about it. All right, man. Well, uh, nice talking to you. Yeah, nice talking to you. And uh... hey, you know what? I love the smell of talking to you in the morning. <laughs> That was amazing. That's an amazing (laughs) final line. You weren't ready for that. Okay.